Welcome back to another episode of the Statues Podcast. I'm your host, Danang, and this is my co-host, Crystal. Um, Before we start the episode, I just wanted to let everyone know that we created a Facebook group for the Statues Podcast. Uh, It's called the Statues Podcast Community. I'll go ahead and link it in the description of this episode. So go ahead and, you know, follow the group. Uh, We'll do a lot more communicating and um, updates on that group. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll allow us to be more engaged with you guys. And so, you know, firsthand if maybe we're not uploading today or if there's, um, you know, like maybe you know, discussion questions that we might want to, you know, ask you guys for the next podcast, or if you have anything you want to put up anonymously for us, then you can do that too. Yep. So yeah, go ahead, follow the statues, uh, podcast community page and enjoy this episode. Um, for today's episode, we're going to start with another clip. The amount of what you can get is based solely on how much you can accept the opposite. So in other words, so the opposite of what the op- So let's say you really want to be rich. It's based on how willing you are to be poor. Wow. If you want the ultimate relationship, it's based on how willing you are to be alone. If you can love being alone, you'll cry out your codependency. You'll cry out the old story and then you create a space for that. But if everyone is ambitiously just trying to date, they're going to be two attachments that are stopping each other from their inner truth. So it won't land. It, mm-hmm. it won't last. Right? So it goes all the way to you want the best life, totally accept death. Wow. To have the greatest life in the world, be completely and fully accepting of death. And the more you go, I'm fine with death, the more you feel free, right? It's weird because what we have now is a world of people who are really trying to put a million locks on the doors and protect themselves from a life they're not living. Yeah, so that's going to be today's topic. And... I think one of the main reasons why I wanted to bring this up was because um, I resonated very well with this clip just because um, I think throughout my career, I've always had a hard time with it. And, you know, like I've gone homeless, I've, I've struggled a lot. And so I know what's on the opposite spectrum if i fail Mm -hmm. and knowing what's there is the most difficult because almost like it's it's waiting for you there at the finish line if if you don't like succeed is is that what it's like not really i think because it's a possibility oh so that's how scary it is that like you have to you have to understand that Everything has an opposite, but when people start making money and people start having some sort of self-success, you also start to understand that you weren't always this way. So is it like it's almost like chasing you? Like you're like you're going and you're going, you're constantly moving and you're, you know, like continuing to strive for that success but then that thing is is following you constantly and it's chasing after you as fast as you are you know going towards your your goal at that moment is yeah. is that what it is yes cuz i think that's something that a lot of people don't talk about is what comes with what comes with um what comes with i want to say having your self success mm-hmm. Because when you have self-success, people don't talk about the looming darkness that's there. And I think that's something that scares a lot of people is the looming darkness. And I get why we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because if you talk about it, it's almost... Is it like acknowledging it? Acknowledging that there's always a vulnerability even when you're at your toughest. Like, I feel, I feel vulnerable all the time because I'm so, I'm the toughest that I am and I have ever been. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it's like, it's like people that work out. There's a vulnerability all the time. You crave food. Mm-hmm. And okay, all it takes is one slip up and that one slip up, you're done. 
uh, like a diet. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't discuss is the vulnerability that lies within having success mm-hmm. and how easy it is. Because can you do the opposite? Can you be so poor that the only way you sleep is crying yourself to sleep? The only way you live is eating out of a trash can. The only way you get clothes on your back is going to a dump and hoping that you find something that people threw out. That is what lays at the bottom there. And people don't want to discuss that. People don't want to see that. And that's what's scary is. I think we're so caught up with the chase of money, with the chase of fame, with the chase of something better that we forget what is chasing us all the time. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it, it's like I always say. Just because you make money doesn't make you any better. It's true. Once you make money is when, if anything, things start to chase you more. The people that you used to know. You know, your your past. All these things are, are vulnerabilities that lay within your life that you think you hid, but are not hidden. I think... And this goes with the relationships too, right? Is I understand because a relationship is hard. And I don't think people understand how hard. There are some marriages that work out just because it does. And there are some relationships that just work out. Mm-hmm. But majority of the relationships that people go through are not going to work out. Are always going to be against you. Is it because of their, like, the unwillingness to to accept certain things in the relationship that, that, that are going to happen that I feel like is bound to happen, t- like, in every relationship? I don't know if it's that. I think, okay, like, for example, right, for you and me, I can only talk about you and me because I only know what we have, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is... When your dad passed away, that was an inevitable thing that, okay, it happened. But now what about the relationship? We we knew that it was going to strain the relationship. That responsibilities that weren't there for you and I are now there. Mm-hmm. So were we going to take it? These are things that people don't look for in a relationship is the inevitability of responsibility. Once you get into a long-term relationship, are you willing to take the responsibility of her of her and her problems? And her and 90% of her problems are her personal problems. Her personal problems with her friends, her personal problems with her family. So are you willing to help? Are you willing to take those responsibilities and dive head in with her? Mm-hmm. You know, my parents always said this is one foot in, one foot out. But when the relationship gets pretty serious, it is two feet in, two feet out. Learning to keep yourself distant enough that you're okay, but diving in two feet to help her so that any issues she's got, you're going to be able to pull her out. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that you learned the hard way, but it's not something that you can, you know, take back because you really dove in like you really you know like dove into the problem with two feet in and and you kind of like lost yourself in the process of it all yeah and this is why you know like i think understanding what is on the other side of what you're dealing with is very important because i didn't understand a relationship Mm -hmm. i didn't understand money i didn't understand all this stuff Mm-hmm. Like they were, I, I put this in terms like they were adult responsibilities that you weren't ready for. And like comparing that, you were almost like a child that wasn't ready for the other side of like that bridge that you were going to cross. Yeah. yeah you, you weren't like prepared and like not ready at all. This is something that I think is 
I think many people are going to suffer with is the realization of what's on the opposite spectrum. With everything good comes everything bad. Mm -hmm. With everything bad comes good. But we don't know when. And I think that's what scares everyone is when is it going to happen? You know, like Mm -hmm. this is something that I suffer with a lot is I have money now and I'm making money because of everything that I'm doing and I'm working so hard for it. But number one, I also understand how exhausted my body and my mentality is. So how long before I lose it? How long before what part of me gives up? Is it going to be my is it going to be my mentality? Is it going to be my physical exhaustion? Is it going to be, you know, what what aspect? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's a looming question that sits there and it almost like teases you. Yeah. And you know, like I see it, my mentality is slowly as as hard as my mentality is. I also know that there's one major soft spot and you know as strong as i am doing everything that i'm doing right now my physical state is at the worst that it's ever been so where where before time comes and shows me what's on the other side mm-hmm. like where's that cutoff line before you like truly just like throw the towel in exactly and it becomes exhausting it becomes scary it's something that truly scares me is i've seen what is on the opposite side of being poor i've also seen what's on the opposite side of having money so what side am i going to lay on and how bad is it going to be because every time i've reached that point because you know what people don't understand is this is a drug once you have it you cannot not have it. Mm-hmm. You're going to do everything in your power to have it. But how much of your own humanity does that go with? Yeah. Well, how willing are you to sacrifice certain things, to do certain things? Because mm-hmm. in order to do something, you have to sacrifice a lot of like yourself. Just like I said, you know, like for example, you know, like our relationship, even for work too, you sacrifice a lot of like in terms of relationship, you sacrifice a lot of time being here with your family to be with mine during that time working you sacrifice a lot of your own um like personal time where you could rest and sleep to work you know to 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 constantly work so that you can make money and like that was something that i think i needed to go through to number one experience but also number two to have a reflection Mm -hmm. because now that I'm at a point where it's almost like restarting my career mm-hmm. where I have a basis and now I can take the time to build my career properly because I have the means to do so. Yeah. And now that I'm there, I'm building it. But now this comes with a lot more realization and responsibility as an adult as well that, okay, if I build this, you know, I got to look at my wife and I got to look at my family and make sure that no, no one's affected. But as if I were a child, you know, if I were 18, 19, when I started, you could do whatever you wanted and it wouldn't matter. At that time, I wasn't even dating at that time. There's no like there was nothing to hold you back. Exactly. No restrictions. And that's why I always say to people is like, start young, start young, because all the mistakes that you want to make, you can make. Because you're still at, young. Yeah. It's when you get into a, a relationship and you get into into more of the adult responsibilities that lay there. Mm-hmm. But there's also like not just like the responsibilities. There's also that side of you're talking about marriage. You're talking about kids. You're talking about having a house and starting a family like those things all roll into play. And that's when you got to really start like that's what it feels like for you. You know, like yeah. you, you made all those mistakes, you know back when you were in your early 20s, uh, 20s. Now you're in your late 20s and you're like, "Okay, I'm reaching my 30s. There's there's no room for mistakes." And that's why I I get that you feel this like heavy burden on your shoulders because it's like, "I'm getting old now. I want to have a family. I want to do all this so I can't afford mistakes." Even though, you know, like 
you still have a little bit of time left too. Like yeah. a, a lot of time left. I think, and you know, and this whole talk about age and how age doesn't matter. It doesn't. But being, being that I was, well, I think I was 26 when your sister was born, Anna. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Around 26. So being around 25, 26 when Anna was born, I got to be home with her because of all the hard work that paid off that allowed for me to be home and work from home and do everything that I wanted to from home. And I got to see how beautiful that life was, how beautiful it was to be home and see every second of a child's life. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like there's that side of, you know, like working hard, you know, like and, and just trying to live. But once you've worked hard and, you know, you you're able to be home, you you start to understand and you see things that you didn't see before. Yeah. You know, especially if we're talking about ter- talking about like in terms of, you know, my baby sister, you got to see that side. It's like you said, being there for every single one of her first. But there's also like the emotional aspect too yeah there, there's a huge emotional aspect to all of it you know like i got to see her first walk i got to see her first crawl i got to see her first snuggle with me i got to see her first brushing her teeth mm-hmm. these are things that i didn't value and i didn't see value in mm-hmm. and as someone that never really looked at a child that way i finally did get to and it it's almost like I don't want to miss my own child's first. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be fair. Yeah. And this is why, you know, like I'm pushing so hard now for everything that I'm doing because I saw what it was like. And now that you get the opposite spectrum of it where it's like you see one end, you saw the other. What good is it if you fall back? If you fall back, you'd failed. Everything, you know, like for me, failure isn't it's it's not an option. Yeah. Failure isn't an option for me because I've seen every spectrum that exists for what I want in my life. Yeah. I want a family. I want to never see my family go homeless. I never want my family to struggle to eat. I never want my family to, you know, to cry over things that I had to cry about. Mm-hmm. When I was going through my early 20s and mid 20s there. I think you've like during that time of being home with my baby sister, you I feel like you got you understood your parents and the struggles that that they went through while having you guys very young. Yeah. You know, like a little more, it, you know, maybe they'll say it might not be the same because not is not our kids, but you can appreciate and understand why they did certain things and how they were feeling during that time yeah and you know like i think this is something that once you start to understand it scares you and it becomes a factor in life that haunts you ah yes yes like this is why i find it so hard to sleep because i'm at a point where if i'm sleeping I'm not working. And if I'm not working, I'm not making what I want to make. Mm -hmm. It's not about money for me. You know, it's like I said yesterday. It's about one feeling. I felt it already. So if I lose touch of that feeling, will I ever feel it again? Yeah, it's like a crave for more. So now it's like, okay, what can I do more to get that feeling and then never to lose it? You know, it's okay. It's to put it as simple as possible. If God gave you, if God came to you one day and he said, for one day you had an unlimited amount of money, you could do whatever you want with it. That's the feeling. The feeling of relief, never having to worry, Mm -hmm. looking at your life and being like breathing for the first time you got to breathe. You're not suffocated by responsibility. You're not suffocated by the lies in the world mm-hmm. you know like we worry so much because like you know everyone can relate is you worry so much because when you buy something there are hidden taxes there there are certain things that they don't tell you about mm-hmm. so when you go and check out now you're like 
oh, I had the money, but now with all these hidden fees, you're there and you're like, oh, do you know, do I do I have enough? There's like that buyer skill when you know, like you you buy things and then after you raise oh, you know, like even if you could have saved or you worked hard for that money, you would have been like, Okay, you pay for it, you know, you enjoy a little bit and then you're like, Oh, you know, I could have used that money for something else instead. Yeah. It, it's 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 pretty much the same concept. And you know, like this goes for relationships too, is the opposite of a relationship. Everyone knows what it is because you've been there. You've been single. You know what it's like to feel lonely. Mm-hmm. But in feeling lonely, you're also pushing what you don't want onto your partner. And mm-hmm. that's when it starts to strain certain things. I don't want to ever feel lonely. So you stay attached. And staying attached, you know, it's it's great and all. But, y'all, you need to breathe. Yeah, there's like a relationship is great when you know like be, because you know there's somebody there to help motivate you and you motivate them and you know like th- there are things that you strive together you know like and, and it's amazing like i can't describe it in words unless you've been in one yourself you know but sometimes a relationship feels like how do i say this like like a closed closet mm-hmm. like sometimes it's too much and you just want to be alone you just want to take a break and you just You just want to feel single because uh, the best way to put it is feel single because then nobody's there to hassle you. No Mm -hmm. one's there to tell you what to do, you know, or, or, or no one it's, it's like a chain. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that is like to put it simply so that everyone can understand. That's what it feels like. Relationship is great, but being single is just as great too. (laughs) There's perks and everything. Of course. You know, there, there are times where, when I look at my life and I'm like, damn, like I actually did so much when I was single Mm -hmm. and you don't realize it until you're not single. Uh You know, now that I'm 29 and I'm turning 29 and I'm married, you look back when you're 19 and you're like, damn, I got a lot done (laughs) in a day. You know, you go to, you go work full time and then, Oh, you know, I would drive out to Toronto and, and, and do, do this video job and then come back and then edit and then sleep for like an hour and then go right back to work. And it's like, damn, I think as exhausting as it, as it was at that moment, now that you're married and you know, you're not doing that anymore. You, you realize how much more fun and, and, and more free your life was. And if anything, it's not as tiring as it was now. I don't even want to say that. I think I miss the hustle. I miss being busy all the time. I'm one of those people that like, when I'm not busy, it's so boring. <laughs> when I'm sitting there watching TV and I'm like, I'm not working. Man, I feel like, like I'm wasting time that was given to me to do something better with my life. Mm-hmm. And so this is why, like, I'm constantly doing something. I'm writing a book or I'm making music or I'm working on work or, you know, like I'm constantly working because I have to work. Even when I sleep, I'm working because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of concepts. I'm thinking of the podcast. I'm thinking of stuff that I need to do for events that we're doing. Mm-hmm. These are things that I'm thinking about and I need to. But I felt like. I did that a lot more when I was younger. And I think I miss it. I think I miss... I miss not being tied to um, other things. Mm -hmm. You know, like... I have a wife, so I gotta make sure that I got food in the fridge for everyone. I gotta make sure that, you know, like... Oh... Is the house clean? Because what if my parents come? You know, oh, if my parents need me, okay, I gotta go and do this. Or if your mom and your sister need us, do I have time? Do I? Can we do this? So there's a lot more things that I have to watch out for. That my schedule has to be a lot more flexible. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. But when I'm 19 and I ain't got no no worry, it's like I'd be working. I'd be working full time, like six to two, six in the morning to two p.m. I can I could get a call at like noon from. Like some guys at Toronto, hey, you know, we got a video shoot today. Can you make it? Yeah, no problem. I got it. I'll come. Mm-hmm. You ain't even going to think about it. It's it's like that. It's just, yeah, I'll come. And then you, you go there, you work, 
and then you come back home and it's like mm, it's only it's only like midnight i think i think i can squeeze in a couple hours of editing and then you get there and then you start squeezing in a couple hours of editing by the time you know it, it's five o'clock and you're like oh damn okay i should probably take a nap before i go to work i miss that where it's like you could just do stuff and the opportunity to do stuff is there because you're not worried about anything. You're not worried about, you know, oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. There's this to worry about. There's that to worry about. And I think it's something that I long for now. Mm-hmm. And that's why I work so hard. I work and I constantly work because I know that if I don't work, what happens? Yeah. And it, it, it scares me to think that that's, that's a possibility. And I don't ever want it to be a possibility. The possibility of failing and losing everything that I have. The possibility of, you know, looking at myself and saying to myself, you are a failure. Because many times I've I've done that where... You know, they say the harshest critic is not those that are judging you, but you. Mm-hmm. Because you judge yourself the hardest because you know everything about you mm-hmm. that other people don't. You know your own standards. You know how you like things to be ran. So I, I totally get it. You know, it, it's like being 5'7 and saying, I can jump over a bar that's a 5'7. Yeah. Okay. But then now it's, you know, it's like being 5'7 and, and putting that bar at like seven feet and being like, I will jump that and I know I can and I will and you do it 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 and then one day you finally do it and you're like I told myself I could and I did it. (laughs) It's that feeling of I know I can. The capabilities of who I am because I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I know I can. And then having the possibility of failure also creeping in yeah. Knowing like I also know that this is here. And you know, I get it. You know, I used to say, you know, we used to watch those movies where, you know, it's these rich families and the dad's never home because he's working all the time and you think about it and you're like as a kid you're like, I don't know why he's not home. Yeah, I don't know why he's not with his kids. I don't know this, that. But as I'm at this point in my life where I feel like there's a time and place for everything, though. Is that, yes, go work, go do your thing. You know, your family's always going to be home waiting for you. But there are things that, like, there are important milestones that you shouldn't sacrifice, like, within your child's life just for work. Like, you know what I mean? Because you'll never get it back. You'll never get it back. And trust me, I think I understand. I understand from both sides, right? Because you've worked so hard, and now not only do you get to reap the benefits your children reap the benefits, your wife reaps the benefits, your family reaps the benefits. So once once people start putting their hand in your pot of gold and they start taking out, you also start to realize that, damn, that's a lot. That's a lot of hands grabbing my pot of gold. Yeah, no, and that's... I got to fill that pot. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a mentality of, I, I, I can't, I can't stop. And this is where it becomes toxic. And this is where it becomes horrendous to a family. Mm-hmm. Is when one person is lost in the concept of... Trying to provide yes. and and making sure that pot is filled so it never runs out for the family. But the other person's like, okay, but like... Like, I need you at home, you know? Like, I, I need you to be here for, you know, like, if our kids are sick, you know, like... Somebody needs to be here to help me. Yeah. Like that that kind of thing. And that's why I get it. It's, it's like I, think, I said, time and place, you know? I like, think I'm so grateful for having two spectrums. Because for you and I, our lives are very on the opposite spectrum of each other. Yeah. I got to see what it was like from your mom and your dad's side where all they did was work. All they ever did was work. I yeah. saw how your dad, he seven worked days seven a days a week. My mom worked six days a week. Yeah. So. And it was like, it wasn't a nine to five. It was like, an, like 6 a.m. to like 11 p.m. Yeah. You know, like my dad on Saturdays, he would take a shift in with his, with his other work, 
you know, sorry, his, um, his full-time job, yep. you know, doing part-time on the weekend. Then later on that day on Saturday, he would go work part-time again at Tim Hortons. And then on Sunday, you know, like if, even if we have anything planned, my dad would always schedule so that he be, he could work later on in the evening so he could spend the mornings and afternoon with us. But it was, my parents were constantly working all the time. So when I see, when I saw your parents for the first time, your family. It was different because. Yeah, you know, because your mom had, I think at that time when I first met she, I think she had like Saturdays and Sundays off. Mm -hmm. And so she was home on the weekends with you guys. Uh, but there was always one day, like regardless, sometimes she works on Saturday. She always, always, always had Sunday off. It was a weird concept and idea to see your family being in one place for a party, you know, and not just your your main family, you know, your extended family, you know, your, your, your aunts, uncles, cousins, all being in one room for just one day. But we didn't have that growing up because my parents were constantly working, you know, like, I don't want to blame it on that, but it's the immigrant mindset of, I came here, I got to work hard so that, you know, my kids could have that. And, and I get it. That's why I appreciate my parents for everything that they have done for us. Mm -hmm. Because we got to see it on both sides of the spectrum where it was like, for me, Growing up, the time that my parents had with us was the most memorable because they had always instilled in us that we don't need to be rich. Mm -hmm. I just need you kids to understand that mom and dad aren't going to have much money, mm -hmm. but we are going to be here with you. And that's what we understood. So when we came to the age of 15, 16, where we could work, we went to work so that we could assist and have the free time to be with our parents. Mm -hmm. And that's what we appreciated so much was that time. The understanding that my parents knew they weren't going to be rich. But we were going to be comfortable. That we were going to be a happy family. And that's what I appreciated was knowing that. But then seeing how hard your mom and your dad worked. You know, like, I got, I got to... I got to watch your mom's store for like a good, what, like week or two? Yeah, it was two weeks. <laughs> yeah. And being in charge of opening the store and closing the store and managing all that, I didn't even do as much as she, she did. Yeah, you. But I was so exhausted. Mm -hmm. And I did that for, what, a week before I was like, damn. Like, <laughs> every <laughs> night I came home, I just crashed. And I couldn't. I couldn't do anything because I was so tired. But I got to feel what it felt like. A little bit of what it felt like to be your mom for a day. Yeah, you know, my parents worked hard a lot. But, the you know, them working hard, as hard as they did, I, whenever we did do things together, you know, like whenever my dad was able to take a whole entire Sunday off, and we would do things like, road trip to niagara or or go to you know pacific mall or, or or go to you know the malls just you know simple things like that i i appreciated it a lot mm -hmm. like and those are things that i remember now you know like as an adult it it didn't seem like much but those times i know i'll never get back and they were very fond memories even though majority of my childhood and young adulthood i just remember them working a lot yeah you know meeting your dad flipped my life flipped my life for the best that it could have been yeah you know i think you told me this you know and i think you've mentioned it on the podcast you you've said you know like it he changed your life because when you thought you were working hard and you saw my dad you started to question if you were actually working hard yeah and this is something that like I'll say to all the listeners is no matter how hard you think you're working, no matter how exhausted you think you are. There is someone out there and I hope one day you meet that person that is working a hundred times harder than you are. And I mean a hundred times harder than you are. Because when I met your dad, man, like. I looked at my life and I was like, yeah, I'm doing so good for myself. You know, I'm 18. I'm killing. It. I'm 19. You know, I'm killing it. And then I met you at what, like 22, 20, yeah, 21, 20, 22. Yeah, there. And I was like, oh, man, I'm killing it. And then I met your dad and I was like. 
I'm not I'm doing it. shit all compared to this man. This man works full time, six days a week, and then part time, two days a week. Yeah, I think my dad also worked. I forgot my dad also worked on, sa- on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, because your too. dad worked Monday to Saturday, and then would come. And Saturday was a half day, so he would yeah. come home, rest. And then you and you or you and I, we would take him to work Mm -hmm. and then pick him up later that night. And I want to say this is it was the look in his eyes that made me look at myself and be like, I don't have those eyes. I think no matter how tired he was, it was it was the it was the eyes of hoping for something better. And that's what I didn't have was the hope i looked at him and i could see that this man this man saw something that no one in his life could Mm -hmm. you know even after working like mondays to saturdays or let's say mondays to fridays you know mondays to fridays he would still after work come pick us up from school well i went to a school far away during the first year but even then, you know, my dad would go and help my mom in the store too till closing time. So mm-hmm. really, my dad worked like, let's say, twelve hours mm-hmm. plus. You know, twelve my, hours plus my dad every would, day. Yep, he would, no matter how tired he was after work, he'll go home, shower, and sometimes he'll eat. Sometimes he won't. Then he'll go to the store. He'll do what he needs to do, and then at that time we were getting because my parents owned a dry cleaners. We had to go pick up the um, stuff from somewhere else because we were getting them cleaned somewhere mm-hmm. else so it was actually close to my school so my dad would drive like 45 minutes to an hour out you know depending on traffic to go to this place pick me up from school and then drive me with him to go to that place pick it up and then drive back and then work that's mm-hmm. it my dad was constantly working all the time that's why i say growing up i only remember my my parents working all the time because that's what they were doing yeah if my and dad picked you know up, like even when we were dating most of our dates consisted of us running errands for your mom and your dad because they couldn't do it. Oh, you hated it at first. Yeah, at you first hated I hated it, so it because much. at first I hated it because you're this ignorant kid who who's in a fresh new relationship who thinks, yo, like everything you see is what you're gonna get. But as I started it and I started to realize, what am I complaining about? These people, they're working so hard for their kids, and I'm dating her. So, what am I complaining about? I got to do my part. And so, you know, that's why I started driving to to you a lot more. Because I knew that they needed someone that could drive. You hated, like, because... My my dad would always let me take the car. Even if mm-hmm. I knew that he needed the car to go to work, he would always tell me, okay, just drop me off. I'll take the bus back. You know, like you can pick me up here at this time. So that's what we did. Mm-hmm. So I remember going to do laundry because you always came on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Always going to do laundry on Saturday, you know, at a laundromat. And you hated it so much. I remember like trying to come up with like different excuses so that you just wouldn't be angry. Just because like I told you, I'm not going to blame you. You know, mm-hmm. like you lived your life of just, you know, being single so there weren't things that you had to consider being in a relationship yeah. and that was that it's it, you know i call it fresh ignorance when, when you're in a relationship and it's still fresh and like you're ignorant and arrogant to everything that's there mm-hmm. and you know like I, and this is what i say is like you'll grow up and when you do you'll realize how stupid you are <laughs> you'll realize how selfish you are yeah these are things that teach you and what you think what you think you want and what you think you need are just wants and needs of a selfish kid mm-hmm. eventually you'll grow up and you'll see what it is on the other side of where of where you're standing and when you do see it that's when you're going to question everything that you're doing mm-hmm. you know like career-wise, relationship-wise, seeing the opposite spectrum of all of it helps. And not many people are blessed. Not many people are blessed, like myself, to be able to see it. Mm -hmm. I was given a relationship where 
I was blessed to see the opposite spectrum. I was blessed career-wise to see the opposite spectrum of, you know, working at McDonald's, getting treated like shit, to looking at myself and being like, I never want to treat people like shit. I never want to be treated like that again. And then working so hard to achieve what I achieved. And, you know, like, I want to say this too is, I... I used to work with this guy. Um, I can't remember what his uh, Instagram handle is, but I used to work with this guy. His name is Colin. Colin Dugan. Uh, is, is it the the hippie guy? No, 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 no. I used to work with Colin Dugan at McDonald's. Now he is um, a videographer, a cinematographer. He oh. lives out in Alberta. Oh yes, 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 yes. And yes. like his his content is so beautiful, mm-hmm. and. I look at him and I think what went through his head when he was at McDonald's to get him to that point too. We all reach a point where something triggers something else and we want to do something and we end up doing it. And you know, like I look at people like him and I'm like, damn, you inspire me. People, people around me inspire me. You know, if I were to take it back, I know how the reason why I'm so grateful for some of my friendships too is because they were there for me when I was the 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 worst that I had ever been. Mm-hmm. This is why um a good friend of mine Justin why I appreciate him so much is because one night when I came to visit you and I was trying to get home I didn't have money for gas. And so I was at the gas station on James Snow Parkway right off the 401 and I couldn't and I couldn't get gas. And I sat there for like good, like five, 10 minutes wondering how the hell am I going to get home? And then so I text Justin. And I'm like, yo, bro, like I'm stuck. Like I need help. Him, Alex and Cedric, they pull out jars of like quarters <laughs> and they gave me enough money to get me home and I will never forget that moment I will never forget that moment where these three guys helped me get home these are things that like we as people should never forget the roughest times of our life got us to the very moment that we are here today that's why I appreciate that guy so much. Why I love that guy so much because that guy been through there, been through the roughs with me, seen me at my worst. And yet he never judges me. Yet he still texts me, asks me, yo, bro, you good? When when we hadn't talked for so long and when, you know, when Annie and I, we had a falling out and I went back, the first thing that he said to me is, bro, I forgive you. He was the first to say, yo, bro, I forgive you. And like, this is something that like people don't understand is what lays on the opposite side of whatever you have. I was at the darkest point in my life thinking I wasn't going to have these people back in my life. But it was him that that said to me, bro, I forgive you. And I want to say, like, people don't understand the words, I forgive you. They're powerful, though. They're so powerful, man. They will change a man. They will change you for a lifetime. And these are things that I don't forget. I appreciate the people that were in my life. I appreciate. Maybe we were young and dumb. Maybe I was young and dumb. Maybe I didn't understand what I had when I had it. But it doesn't mean that at the age that I am now, I'm not going to look back and be like, nah, these people were my everything. These people gave me when no one gave me. These people provided for me when I needed it. Even when they didn't have it, they would pull out from jars to give to me. That's why like, I appreciate these people. 
why I appreciate Valerie is because I'm working at McDonald's, man. At that point, I've been working at McDonald's for years already. You're looking at your life. You had already graduated. I'm already graduated college thinking to myself. You spent how much money going to college? How much money on a MacBook? How much money on a camera? And what the hell are you doing, man? Like you flipping <laughs> burgers and taking shit from all these people. And you're okay with that? And, you know, I had to sit down and look at myself and be like, are you really okay with that, bro? Are you really fucking okay with that shit? And one day I just woke up and I was like, I'm not okay with that. What am I doing? I'm a college graduate, man. Like the first in my family, I should be so damn proud that I graduated, that I'm doing something with my life. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't. But then, you know, like it's as simple as watching a YouTube video and being like, oh shit, you know, like not only is this woman fucking beautiful, but she's so damn talented. And then you go scrolling through their entire page and you're like, not only did they have dancers, they got rappers, they got singers. God damn, like, I've always wanted to be a part of something like that. And then it's the just the simple initiative of, you know, maybe, maybe I'll email them. Maybe it doesn't work out. But I can't be afraid of not, of not trying. I got to try. And I tried, and I got to reply back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it all started with a video of Valerie dancing. And, you know, I'm appreciative of these people because when I met her, you know, they say never to meet your idols. When I met her, it was one of those things I was like, I wasn't disappointed. She was one of the nicest people, the nicest people. She treated you with so much respect. You know, she never looked down to you. And these are things that like, once you get in your life, you will never want other people to look at you any other way. I worked so hard to make sure that the way she perceived me wasn't going to be any other way in my life. And that if she looked at me with respect, okay, yo, I better work hard for that respect. If she looked at me with this much like, oh, yo, like he works hard, I better work harder. And I did. And I had to. Because I saw what it was like to be disrespected. Work at McDonald's. You get shit thrown at you. You get yelled at every day. Your bosses don't give a shit about you. This is real life. That's real life. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you too is real life is also you working hard past all that. You know, there was a quote that like we were actually going to use for today's episode. And I honestly think it's the most beautiful quote ever. You know, I'll even play it. I think this is something that's worth playing. I heard a quote the other day on TV and I wanted to share it with you. You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore to decide to be happy. You know the price you paid to get to the point you're at. Don't you take a discount for anything else. Know your worth. That quote right there. You know, I look back now and I realize how hard I had to work. How much courage it took for me to do what I did. To work so hard to get out of a place like McDonald's and chase my dreams. And and look back and say, you know, you look back and you're like, yo, at least McDonald's was stable. At least I can get a paycheck. At least I'm going to, you know, eat. And then look forward and be like, damn. This path is so shaky. How many times have you heard videographers even doing something with their damn life? Yeah. And then you you're standing in the middle wondering, okay, do I do I just do I just stop? Because this is, sounds ridiculous. Or do I go back to the shitty place that's going to treat you like shit? People don't give a shit about you, bro. Mm-hmm. You work at McDonald's and people look at you like you're trash. And that's the truth of it is you're no longer human to people. And, you know, I took my leap of faith. And, you know, I forget, I forget all that every day. Every day I forget. You know, it's like he says is 
you got to know your worth. You got to you got to know that you didn't take a discount. I fucking suffered. I suffered for a good eight years. I suffered hella hard for eight years. Mm-hmm. You're talking about homelessness. You're talking about going hungry. You're talking about. You're talking about people judging you. Too. You're talking about people taking from you. You're talking about people. You know. It's just the simplest thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Then you forget. Mm-hmm. But I never took a discount. Everything. Everything I have is because I work fucking hard for. But it's like, you know, the first um, the first clip that you played, he said, if you're if you want to live, you have to be afraid of death. It, it, it goes it goes into that, too, is that like if you're afraid of death and you can acknowledge it, though, you're going to work 10 times harder to live and enjoy the life that you have, mm-hmm. which is so true, which is really what you do. You know, like I think when like family members and whatnot like like that are close to you they like die you experience death you know like for the first time and then you start thinking about it and you start questioning about it and then and it's there and and you're like you know what we live day to day you know like it's not that we f- you know don't know about it but we forget about it because we're busy like we're busy going about our lives so you don't really think about death it's not the first thing on your head like yeah. you know what i mean but if you can acknowledge it though i feel like you live 10 times harder so that you can get the best out of the life that you're currently living right now yeah sometimes it's hard to look at your life and be like you worked hard i'm like i i'm 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 a sucker for that you know, I had, I, you know, this week I had a fucking mental breakdown, like a huge mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. And it led to a huge fight. And, you know, like at the end of the day, I think at the end of the day, you know, I do judge myself way harder than anyone will ever judge me. Of course. Anyone that has anything to say to me, it it hurts. Yes, it hurts. But trust me, what you say has no pain to what I've said about myself already. You know, every day I look at myself and, you know, like I judge myself. This is why I wake up so early because I got to work harder. Because I judged myself yesterday for waking up at like fucking seven o'clock in the morning. Oh, and dude, you, you woke up so late. Wake up at six. And then you judge yourself for waking up at six. And you're like, you, know, you got to wake up at five and get some work in. Get some shit done. And that's me every day. It's like, yo, you woke up at five, wake up at four. And and then you're like, you wake up at four and then you have a mental breakdown. And you're like, you're fucking judging yourself too hard. You're pushing yourself so hard that you forget that your, ment- your, your mental state, your brain is not your body. Yeah. That your body can only take so much before you exhaust the crap out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like pushing a car 200 kilometers every day for like a good hour every day. Eventually, you're going to bust that car. Yeah. You're going to kill it. And that's what I feel like I've done to myself is like I'm exhausting my body to the point where my body and my mind are no longer cohesive. Where my brain wants something, but my body is saying it can't. But my brain is at a point where it's like, it's telling my body like, you're such a punk ass bitch. Like, get the fuck up. Don't do, don't, don't give up. If I'm not giving up, you can't give up. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like I saw what it was like. I saw a man work so hard for his family that his mental state couldn't catch up. And I'm telling myself now, you can't do that. Like. Don't be a punk ass bitch. Don't give up on your body. Don't give up on me. Mm-hmm. And I'm pushing it and I'm pushing it and I'm pushing it. But then I'm also realizing that I'm doing no better than what he was doing. And then I got to I got to stop it. I got to I got to chill for a bit. I just got to relax for a day. And it's okay to relax for a day. It's okay to feel useless for a day. It's okay to feel like a slob for one day. I know, but even you, you're not the type to 
to do that like you don't like breaks but that's because you you have that mindset of like i gotta keep working i gotta you know keep going like i can't take a break even though you need it your body Mm -hmm. is like your body's about to crash if you don't because i understand that the field that i'm in they're younger better looking better these kids understand a lot more than i do and that the only thing i have against them is the years that I've been in it. Even my skill set, I will not lie and say that my skill set is better than theirs. I can't lie. I am a jack of all trades, but a master at none. These kids, they are a master at one thing and they've mastered that one thing and they're so good at it. And I look at them and I'm like, they're so smart because they mastered one thing and they outsource to someone else to do something. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, like, these kids are smart. Mm-hmm. These kids are brilliant. These kids today, they're going to kick my ass in this field if I don't do something good. If I don't if I don't make a mark, what good am I in a field that is meant for those that are younger than me, better than me, stronger than me? Mm-hmm. And this is something that, you know, like you worry about constantly. Yeah, I have my success. But I'm never going to call it my success. I'm going to call it, I have my way right now. But like every, like every road, there is a dead end to it. And I got to be strong enough that when I reach that dead end, I can just pave my own way. Yeah, I got to be smart enough that I can, I'm going to buy, you know, I'm going to buy a tractor and roll my own, my own road. But I got to be that smart. And I got to be that strong mentally, physically. That when I do reach that roadblock, I'm gonna be okay, cause I know that roadblock is coming. And this and and these are what these kids don't understand is that roadblock is coming. And that's why they all suffer so hard, is because when they reach that roadblock, the world is gone. The world is it no longer exists for them. Everything's gone. But for me, I can't do that. I have to continue. You know, I have to continue for you. I have to continue for me. I have to continue for my family, your family. I have to continue for everything that I've fought so hard to have right now. And it's exhausting. It's it's hella exhausting. There are times where, like, my brain just doesn't stop talking. Yep. And... Even when it does stop talking, it echoes back and forth in my head. It's it's a voice that knows every weakness that I have. It's a voice that knows my vulnerabilities. And it, it tells me that every day. It tells you it tells me, you know, some of the some of these things that it says to me is you're weak. You're not smart. Like you punk ass bitch. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> it knows more about me than I know about me. That's what's scary about vulnerability is this vulnerability to me is manifested into an entity inside of me. Mm-hmm. And this entity knows so much about me that I don't know about myself. Yeah, it's it's quite uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable because it's like, oh, but I should know myself. Like, I wake up every day. I yeah. know what I want to eat. I, I know what my coffee is like. I, I know how I like to do things. But how come this thing that is not in a physical form seem to know more about me than me? You know, there are times... You know, I can even say this, right? Is there, there are times where I'll sit here and I'm like, I'm hungry. And then I'll eat. And then that mini voice in my head comes up and goes, you're not hungry. You just think you're hungry. But that's because I've conditioned you to think that you're hungry. That's why you are that way. That's why you're such a lazy ass. All you do is sit. All you do is eat. And that's why you are the way you are. And these are conversations that I have with myself. And it's the hardest conversations that I have with myself. It's like a toxic conversation. It is. It's like a toxic relationship (laughs) that I can't get out of. I can't get away from. It's like those abusive relationships that just like, that's just like, you know, it's wrong, 
you know you shouldn't be having this conversation with yourself you mm-hmm. shouldn't be in it but you're already in it you just can't leave even yeah. though you know it's it's the right thing to do you know a lot of people they just say oh you you shouldn't you you shouldn't think about it you shouldn't you know uh you shouldn't let it take over let me just say this is if I'd already known that, do you think I'd still continue that shit? It's something that <laughs> like you can't let go of. Like no matter what you do, it's there. Yeah, it just it just doesn't go. Like it's just constantly, it it's like a broken record that's constantly playing. Yeah, it, it's it's like those, it's like watching a horror movie and you know there's a jump scare, and you still watch it and then when it comes you're like oh my god you're still scared. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like it's there. Yeah, and I can't stop it. And, you know, like, like, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for what I have in my life. And I'm grateful for how far I've come in my life. Because, honestly, I've come pretty far. And I know that there's still so much more for me to do. Mm-hmm. But knowing what's on the opposite spectrum has also allowed for me to be a little more cautious. and And teach people that... It's okay that what you're feeling is okay because you're not alone. Mm-hmm. The shit that we go through and the shit that we feel, I feel it too. The anxiety, the depression, the the immense pressure that you feel right up on your chest, right up on your head. Hey man, I feel it too. And it's okay. And then we'll get through this shit slowly. And that you're going to have your days. Trust me. You're going to have your days where you ain't know what's come over you. You don't know what the hell's wrong. And it's it's sad. Trust me. It, it's sad as hell. Because you know that it's not you. You know that what happens and what you say and what you do is not a product of you. But it's almost like watching inside of you. Watching your vessel get taken over and you sit there and you're like, damn, what's wrong with me? And you're going to have days like that. But it's okay. You take it one day at a time and understand that you are allowed to be vulnerable. That it's a part of being human. That if you are not human and you are not vulnerable... And eventually, you know, I don't want to say it this way, but eventually, you know, you'll get to a point where you crash and you burn. And it scares me because I've seen a man do that. A great man do that. A man that I had so much love and respect for. And I saw that. And it's something that I'm I'm trying to be more cautious of. Steering away from that. And there are people like me. Trust me. I get it. There are people like me who do not believe in therapy. You don't want to go to therapy. And I get that. And it's okay. When you're ready, then you're ready. And if you're not, you're not. But you'll figure this shit out. You'll figure it one day at a time. Every second by second by second. Every hour by hour. And it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. I wanted to honestly say thank you for all the reviews that have been coming in. All the amazing reviews. All the heartfelt messages that we are getting. Once again, we have a Facebook group called the Statues Podcast Community. Um, You can also follow us on Instagram at the Statues Podcast. Let us know you're alive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> let us know you're live on facebook or instagram yes um and thank you so much for tuning into another episode uh we release every tuesday and friday and that will not change we will continue releasing every tuesday and friday mm-hmm. um thank you so much f- to all the listeners it's still it's still weird to me that there are even listeners yeah, we have, I think, 20-ish, like, constant listeners. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 insane to us how there are 20 people who actually look forward to every time we release an episode. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I've said it since the beginning of the podcast, and I'll say it to to this day. I'm grateful for one listener. I'm grateful for two listeners. I'm grateful for who is listening. I'm so grateful because when we started this, we didn't start it with the intentions of ever getting as far as we have. It's true. (laughs) So thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to speak our minds, to speak our perspective, to speak our stories into existence. And we hope that one day, like, we get to talk to you guys, too. Everyone's got a perspective that we would love to listen to. Life is never going to be the way we all see it. And that's what I've come to learn in my life. And I would love to learn from each and every one of you guys. So thank you. And I hope that we get to talk soon. Um. This is your host and your co-host signing off. Thank you.